John D. Rockefeller, the founder of the Standard Oil Company, the first billionaire in the United States of America, and once the richest man on earth was asked by a reporter, John, how much money is enough? He calmly looked at this reporter in the face, smiled, and said, just a little bit more. And that's where we're going today. Wake the faith up, Slayer Garth Heckman, the David Alliance. You can reach me at tdagiantslayer and gmail.com. And why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to reach out to me? Tell me what you're thinking. What do you want to hear about? And also, hopefully next week, we'll be adding a, an online YouTube audio podcast, video podcast. It'll be all things the David Alliance, about 30 minutes long. I'll let you know more as it comes along. Hey, we're brought to you by MingleMateMary.com, podcast, YouTube, and website for the perfect marriage material. If you're mingling, mating, dating, marrying, check out MingleMateMary.com. So today, I was thinking about all the things I would buy if I won the lottery. Someone, two weeks ago, won over a billion dollars. I think after taxes, you... You come away with $9 million. I don't know. It's pretty ridiculous. But anyway, it made me think about a story. Kurt Vonnegut Jr., who wrote Cat's Cradle, and I loved reading Vonnegut in high school. But the the concept there of Ice Nine in that book, okay, I'm going to get off. I'm going to get off. But the whole concept of Ice Nine and Cat's Cradle is the whole concept of sin in a person's life. Maybe I should do a podcast on that. Anyway, sorry. Kurt Vonnegut, he's at a party with one of his friends, Joseph Heller, who also wrote Catch-22, a very popular novel, and they're both highly successful in their own right, but Vonnegut leans over to Heller at this party and says, hey, did you know our host, who was a hedge fund manager at the time, that he's made more money in one day than you or I have ever made altogether? Heller looks at Vonnegut and replies, yeah, but I have something he will never have enough. And isn't that the truth? I got a question for you. The last really, really, uh, let's say the last four really expensive cars that you saw, what did the people inside look like? I bet you can't even remember more than one, if any. And why do I ask? Because so much of our lives is thinking, if I had this, or if I had that, or if I had both, it would make me happy. And people would be impressed. I'd have arrived. But the truth is, no one will notice you because they're too busy thinking, I wish I had that to make me happy. But again, the irony is no one can tell if a new Italian sports car or a new house or a younger wife is making them happy. I would again imagine you never really looked at a person with a new watch or a new car or a new house, a loaded bank account or whatever. I I would imagine you never really looked at them and, and deeply, sincerely said, wow. You can really tell that that makes them happy. No, no, you're not thinking that. You're thinking, wow, I think that would make me happy. But all of us know things don't make us happy. However, greed says otherwise. There's a story that goes that there was a man walking across the street who was hit by a beautiful brand new Mercedes car, and he wasn't hurt. And so he fakes like he's just in so much pain. He's laying there in the middle of the street, 
And all he's doing is fantasizing about how he's going to sue this guy and have enough money for his own beautiful new Mercedes. And while he's lying in the middle of the street, pretending to be hurt, fantasizing about what he's going to buy with this money, he gets hit by a truck and he ends up paralyzed for the rest of his life. Look, our greed and our covetousness does this to us. Our desire ends up paralyzing us. Matthew 8.36, For what does it profiteth a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Now, most people think when we talk about forfeiting our soul, we're talking about, well, you know you're going to go to hell. Your soul is going to go to hell. But that's not what this is talking about. This word forfeit, it means you punish your soul, you suffer loss, or you damage it. It's not talking about eternal damnation. It's talking about right now a man forfeits his soul right now on earth because of going after all the wrong things. Look, if you spend your life running after things, accolades, money, trophies, applause, fame, fortune, attention, sex, whatever, you're punishing and damaging your soul because that's not what it's made for. You sacrifice all that your soul was meant to be, all that your soul was meant to experience, and all that your soul was meant to develop into, but instead you starved it with greed. Have you ever seen a kid, younger kid, maybe middle school, high school, with crazy genetics? 6'4", big-boned, fast-twitch muscle fibers, sharp mind, a true specimen. But he wastes it by letting his appetite get the best of him. He eats incredibly delicious, tasty crap. So his body is left to develop on sugar and starch. He ends up obese. But worse than that, he could have been one of the all-time best NFL players of our generation. But he starved his soul to feed his desires. Maybe you're doing the same. Starving your soul to feed your desires. You're damaging your soul. You're forfeiting it. Leo Tolstoy tells the story of the peasant farmer who was never satisfied. He was given a novel opportunity in that for just 10,000 rubles, which was almost nothing, he could buy all the land that he could cover in one day. But here's the trick. He could start at sunup, but he had to be back to that starting point before sunset. So next day he gets up and he heads out. Man, he's heading at a brisk pace. Midday, his greed starts to get the best of him, and he starts to go faster, and then a little faster, and then with his neighbors thinking in his head, wow, he's got it made, he's got all this land, and the fantasy of more and more and more begins to trick him. He's gonna be famous, he's gonna be wealthy, he's gonna be happy, he's gonna have the accolades of everyone. By late afternoon, he's now worried he won't make it back in time. So, you know, he won't get everything that he wants. So now he's running, he's forcing himself to push through the exhaustion. He will get all the land that is coming to him. He will make it. And within just minutes before the sun sets, he makes it back. And he immediately collapses, blood streaming from his mouth, and in a few minutes, he's dead. Afterwards, his servants dig a hole, a grave, not much more than six feet long, three feet wide, 12 feet deep. And that is the story of how much is too much. Garth Ekman, David Lyons, keep slaying giants.